time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. It's the Reengineering Your Finances podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside Charles Weldy, founder of CP Weldy Group, serving you throughout Delaware and the Chester County areas as well, with an office in Chadsford, PA, on Route 52. You can find us online by going to cpweldygroup.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, all the different places you can get podcasts these days. Charles, thanks for being with us once again. You ready to go for this week's program? Yes, I am, Walter. I don't even know why I asked that. You're always raring and ready to go. So we'll just skip that going forward and launch right into things because we know you're geared up. We're going to be talking about the things in the financial world that we find are often underrated by clients. So pretty simple. You know, things related to your money and finances that should get more attention and excitement. So we're going to try and give them the love they deserve on this episode and tell you why you should maybe hold these things in higher esteem and and put some more value into these things. Now, you would think, Charles, that people would very much highly value some liquidity, having access to funds and money. But do you often find that people are undervaluing or underrating, you know, access to money and and liquidity when it comes to the reality of their portfolio? Well, I find that the younger people are perhaps, you know, undervaluing liquidity. But, you know, kind of surprising, the older people are actually too liquid. A lot of people are afraid of the stock market correction. I mean, it's been like 10 plus years since the market has, you know, saw a 30% decrease in its value. So what I find is so many people are, when it comes to liquidity, they're actually playing it too safe where they have too much money in cash, especially the people that are retired. The younger people, they're working, they're putting their money in their 401k, they got debt. So they're the ones that are struggling with the liquidity in terms of not having enough dollars available. But the older people have too much money in cash. And, you know, liquidity is a double-edged sword. You can have too much and you can have too little. And I'm finding, depending upon the age of the person, generally speaking, the older people have too much and the younger people have too little. Mm, it's an interesting way to, to look at it. And a connection I might not have certainly drawn. So yeah, so liquidity, you think it just gives a lot of people a lot of freedom by having that extra liquidity? What's sort of the value there for people to have that extra access? Well, I mean, it it makes them feel good, you know, but the reality of it is when you think about it, you should really have, and even Susie Worman and Dave Ramsey and some of these people that are on TV and and public television, they tout that you shouldn't have any more than maybe a half a year's worth of you know, cash flow, necessary cash flow in your liquidity bucket. And maybe like, you know, if you're planning to purchase a car or, you know, a major improvement or something like that, but anything above six months worth of income and planned expenses should actually be invested either short term or long term. So my point is that, again, many people who are in the retirement mode, because they're emotionally uncertain about What's going to happen, you know, in the stock market a month, three months, a half a year from now, have too much money in cash. And think about it. If I have 100 grand in cash over and above what I should have, and I'm only making 1%, and that 100,000 could be making 3% in a safe investment, I'm actually losing almost $200 a month. So there is a cost of being too liquid, and there's a cost, obviously, of being illiquid. So it's really just a game of balance. Like many things I think we talk about here on the show each week, it's all about not having too much or too little of one particular, whether it be, you know, product or element or strategy or, you know, thought process when it comes to approaching your finances. And it sounds like liquidity falls into that group as well. 
Exactly. Okay, very cool. So liquidity, often underrated, especially maybe on the younger end of the spectrum of those of you preparing for retirement. So keep that in mind. What about predictability? I love predictability. I like, I always used to ask, uh, my dad used to make fun of me growing up and even at my wedding, <laughs> he, he threw this in there. I always used to ask him, so what do you see happening? You know, that was my favorite phrase. What do you see happening? You know, and it could be about anything. It's something really small, something big, something could be sports. It just could be something in life. It was all the time. It was my favorite question to ask. What do you see happening? I think I just liked predictability. So I, I feel like I don't underrate predictability, but many people I think do underrate that and don't realize the benefits of kind of knowing what's coming and how you can prepare for it. Yeah. When I talk about predictability, I mean, I, I look at investments really in three general asset classes. I'll say one asset class might be cash. The second asset class could be fixed income. And the third asset class could be stocks. So just looking at those three particular investments, predictability to me is, hey, if you're in cash, you're going to get 1%. Maybe some people get a half a percent. Maybe some people get one and a quarter percent. But my proxy for cash is 1%. That's pretty predictable. Then when we look at fixed income, fixed income, basically, you know, anything that's not outrageously subject to risk, market risk, like a long term high yield corporate bond, we're talking about 3%. And 3% is really like a predictable rate of return for a fairly safe investment that's not going to go way up and it won't go way down. And then when we look at the third asset class, stocks, stocks after fees, and I always say after fees because a general rule, you know, wherever you put your money to invest for you know, stock purposes, somebody's going to be charging a fee, whether it's the mutual fund company, the ETF company, the custodian. And I would say after fees, 6%. So when you look at that statement, predictability, cash one, fixed income three, stock six, what you see is that 6% is six times greater than one and 6% is two times greater than three. So it's probably pretty important to determine what your cash flow needs are and put the appropriate amount of dollars in each particular bucket. So once you do that, it's very predictable what your rate of return is gonna be regardless of whether markets are up, down, or sideways. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense, I think, Charles. So predictability, one of those keys to having a great financial plan is introducing some predictability in there. There's other things that we like to have a little bit of a surprise now and then, but when it comes to our finances, it really shouldn't be one of those things. We want to know <laughs> what's what's to come is a good question to make sure that you're asking. And last but not least, and this kind of is in lockstep, I think, with predictability, is simplicity. I think we as humans have this nature, this common sense, or it's the lack of common sense maybe, but this sort of common thread where we tend to just overcomplicate everything in our lives, Charles, for one reason or another. How often do you see a nice, simple plan come through your offices, or are they more often of the overcomplicated, hard-to-understand variety? Well, if truth be told, many people that come to my office won't even have a date-dollar-specific written financial plan. So that's really like, I guess, the first step is that how can things be simple when you don't know where they are, you know, how they're performing, where they fit? One of my pet peeves about simplicity is the tax code. By profession, you know, many years ago, I, uh, I became a CPA and I review people's tax returns as part of my investment process. And I'm actually shocked at how most people find taxes to be overly complicated. And I guess I shouldn't say shocked, but they actually just created a year ago a reduction in tax rates that are unbelievably low 
that if people spent the time and energy to actually look at their tax return and see how their investments and their taxes are interrelated, that their eyes might open up to the fact that, wow, you know, instead of trying to grow my account, you know, double or triple in the next like 15, 20 years, maybe what I should do is I should concentrate on perhaps shifting some of my accounts from tax deferred or tax postponement to prepaying my taxes so that eventually when I take my money out, not only will my income be tax free, my legacy to my family will be tax free. So, you know, simplicity, I really believe that because of my background, I have the ability to sit down with anyone, no matter how complex they think their tax return is, and show them the impact that their investments have or will have on their net cash flow after taxes. And it's probably a half hour to an hour meeting where I ask a certain level of questions and basically I say, hey, you haven't met me, here's what's gonna happen in the next 15, 20 years in terms of your distributions, here's the taxes that you're gonna pay. And oh, if you became aware of your tax situation today and made a decision to maybe prepay some of your taxes, here's what it would look like you know, 20, 25 years from now. And Walter, I'm not kidding you. If I look at a million dollar IRA, the difference in tax savings just by pre-planning and taking something that maybe looks like it's complicated and simplifying it could save someone about $600,000 in taxes on a million dollar IRA or 401k. Hmm. Incredible. Yeah, absolutely. So to recap, liquidity, predictability, simplicity, all great things that are underrated often in the financial realm. So make sure that they're getting the love they deserve in your own portfolio, in your own plan. What other things would you point to, Charles, that are underrated, whether they be products or strategies or just mindsets like we've covered today? I think, and again, I'd probably harp this on many of our podcasts, but most people have investments, but very few people have a date dollar specific plan. So the power of a written financial plan is really something that I think is overlooked by many people. As you know, we subscribe to the bucket planning philosophy. How much money do you need now? Now means, hey, in the next 12 months, how much will you need soon? What soon means? Soon means the next 10 years. How much will you need later? Later means in year 11 plus. So if you were to take that plan and put investments in each pile, you would have a date-specific, dollar-specific plan that you would know whether it's going to work or not work, depending upon the rates of return, the assumed rates of return that we're going to use. And as I said earlier on this podcast, or maybe another podcast, you're going to get one for cash, three for fixed income, and six for stocks. So again, date-specific, dollar-specific plan is something that people tend to overlook, and they really underrate the power of it, Walter. Absolutely. I think that's a good thing to add to our list today. So how do you help people, Charles, address these things in their portfolio? Where do you step into the process if somebody has got a lack of liquidity or predictability or they have something that's overcomplicated and they need some simplicity or the other end of the spectrum? You know, like you said, no plan at all. That's pretty simple. Maybe a little bit too simple at that point. What's your planning process look like to address all these different things? Well, our first meeting, they come in and basically they have a copy of their most recently filed tax return and maybe a list, a current list of investment holdings. And we put them in the six different buckets, Walter. We'll put them in the now, the soon, the later bucket. We'll put them in the taxable, tax deferred and tax free bucket. 
And then basically we'll ask them like, hey, what kind of income do you need? You know, what's coming in guaranteed already? Do you have a pension? What's your social security look like? We'll gather all that information and then based upon what the income gap is, we'll plug those specific investments into each particular pile of money, the now, the soon, the later. And then strategically over time, we'll actually like convert some of that tax postponed account to tax-free income. So that's really the, the process that we use. The meeting number one is really to sit down and see if there's an opportunity to help them if they want our help. And once they agree to that, in meeting number two, they bring all the you know documents and we actually create a family estate organizer. We do a draft of their bucket plan, gather some more information about their emotions and what their th- concerns are. And at meeting number three, we deliver it. And again, it's so simple that people gravitate towards implementing what our recommendations are at the third meeting. Well, it's helpful to get an idea of what that process looks like, because I know for a lot of people, sometimes this hardest aspect of planning for retirement is is getting off the porch and getting that feeling of being overwhelmed at all these different things you have to do. I mean, you might be sitting there going, ugh, I don't have enough liquidity or I do. I have plenty of liquidity and I know that that's not good. I'm supposed to be investing these things. I'm just scared of where to put my dollars or maybe it's the predictability side of that. You know, I I don't know where I'm going to get my income in retirement. I don't know know, how it's all going to shake out, if it's going to match up with my budget. You know, I've got big question marks surrounding all of these different things. You know, getting off the porch and getting those decisions made can be very difficult and overwhelming for folks. That's why it's so helpful to have someone there to help you sort of re-engineer your finances to make sure that you're all set for retirement. You like what I did there, uh, Charles, with the uh, Absolutely. title? Absolutely. Yeah, Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so if you need some help doing that, Charles is here for you. We know if you're a current client, you've already kind of walked down this road. And a lot of what we talked about today, you're probably just shaking your head and going, yep, yep. Uh, you're still kind of checking the boxes, making sure that you're all set for your future. But if you're new to the program or new to Charles and you'd like to have a conversation about how you could improve your financial plan or put one together for the first time, as Charles said, many people come into the office having not really ever had a formal plan put together, and that's okay. Give a call. 610-388-7705 is the number. That's 610-388-7705. Or you can find out more information and get in touch with us through the website, cpweldygroup.com. That's cpweldygroup.com. Charles, thanks for all the help on today's show. As always, we enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you again next time. Thank you, Walter. Really appreciate it. Talk to you soon. For Charles Weldy, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Reengineering Your Finances. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.